What the fuck is up, podsters and podettes? It is your boy coming at you live. Um, today's topic, we're going to jump a little off base of uh, what we went over last time. Um, and like I said, this uh, pod isn't going to be consistent in one topic or one, you know, genre of topics, but more so, well, I guess genre as in informative, but it's not going to focus on one genre of topics like movies or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so today what we're talking about, uh, I guess in a quite tidied up title would be, are you even you? We're going to talk about a bunch of factors that, uh, bring into existence the you that you and those around you uh, conceive and believe is you, when in fact, uh, you might not even exist. Go ahead and roll the intro music. So basically, like I said, today what we're going to be talking about is... uh, whether or not you that you perceive as yourself is really a true and existent being or whether or not it might just be a figment of not only your own imagination but the imagination of those around you. Um, So first I think what I'd like to talk about is what a lot of people uh, call the bystander effect. So in most forms or studies, what the bystander effect is more relevant to is, for example, say you're in New York City and you're walking down the street and all of a sudden this guy just collapses. He's going into, I don't know, anaphylactic shock and there's a big group of people around staring at him, but nobody's doing anything. So basically what the bystander effect is, as many people know, it's simply this idea in society, um, I guess it's not in society, but it, it shows up in society, this idea that you don't need to do something because someone else is going to do something. Um, and if no one else is doing anything, that also means that you shouldn't do anything. Um, so this shows up in the topic we're talking about in the sense of conformity, I guess you'd say. Um, because a lot of times our personality, our ideals, our maybe religion, our thoughts about society, they're not usually very original thoughts. Um, most of the time it's, uh, it's a formula that involves our environment, Um, that includes our family environment, our, you know, where we live, whether it's a big city or a small town, um, those around us, are we all white? Are we all black? Are we mixed? Are we all men? Are we all women? You know, um, and along with that also comes, uh, things like the friend groups that you choose, um, the media that you consume, your availability to media, All these things kind of pile together and create what I would call the bystander effect of personality. Um, And this surfaces in 
a lot of ways in people usually around my age, although generations before me, there's still this idea, this bystander effect of their personality because a lot of the generations before myself were in such a propagandized uh, media shutout that they didn't even question really anything because there was no media coming to them that was opposing the ideals that most of the country held. Um, for example, you know, my grandparents are extremely fundamentalist Christian. Uh, my parents are the same way. They never even stepped outside of that idea and that mentality for a second to consider anything else. They grew up in that and that's what they are now. Um, so it kind of is weird because a lot of times we think as ourselves, as our own being, as something that we manifested, something that we created. Um, if you're intelligent, you know that your environment breeds a lot of your personality, but even still, a lot of times we think that our personality is ours and ours only, and we created that and it's ours to keep. But the fact of the matter is there are so many different things that build on top of each other to create even the smallest form of personality. Even, for example, whether you're an outgoing person or a, a secluded, you know, um, introverted person, uh, a lot of times they say opposites attract, but also a lot of times opposites create. For example, um, my family is not the very outgoing type. A lot of times we stick to ourselves. We don't really, you know, try to seek out new friendships, seek out people, say we go to a Christmas party, we don't really seek out anyone to go talk to. Whereas me personally, I'm actually the opposite. And I think a lot of times things like this happen where you're usually either exactly like or extremely different than those who raised you because either you're comfortable with the what that is and you never question it and a lot of times like i said it's what you're comfortable with is what you grew up with so it's you know scary to be anything different or in a lot of times whatever you grew up with is not what you needed or what you wanted and therefore that forms a kind of i won't i don't want to say trauma but like uh oh i don't even know the word for it but basically what i'm trying to say is like since my parents were introverted, they didn't really talk, they didn't express emotions, they didn't seek people out, they didn't try to form new friendships, my whole life I needed that. So therefore my personality manifested itself to be the opposite of what I grew up with because I needed that interaction, I needed that socialization, I needed that validation from other people because I didn't get it growing up. Which I think we see a lot of times in society in different ways. Um, a lot of people who grow up very Christian end up becoming atheists because they were stuck to this, you know, sort of bubble, kind of tied down in a certain way. So as soon as they get the chance to be anything different, it's like a free-for-all. They can't control themselves because it's like so many sensations that they've never had, so many like new ideas, new adventures, new memories that they never got to make. Um, and then we also see that a lot of times, for example, in politics, a lot of times when 
especially my generation, when your parents are very, very conservative, a lot of times the children are the exact opposite, very, very progressive. Um, so I think this all ties into what I would call the bystander effect, I guess, or um, another thing that also works itself in when it comes to the bystander effect is uh, what I wrote down and called psychology of a group. So basically, society as a whole is just one big study group. I mean, really, you have, or like, or I guess what you would call maybe, I guess like, I'd call it more of a lunch table group. So basically, you as a person, you have these different groups that you grew up in, these different groups that you exist in, and a lot of times, we even see it in different ways that people talk. For example, I went to RFA in Rome, so I saw white kids that, you know, went and hung out with their white kids, and they talked like this, you know, they talked like this, or whatever, and then they went and hung out with maybe some of, the, like, Hispanic kids, or, like, some of the black kids, and they were like, hey, yo, what's up, guy, what you doing, how you been, how you living, and they started trying to use all this slang, and act all different, maybe sag their pants, maybe wore a flat brim, and that really exposes itself as a psychology of a group, it's all conformity, so a lot of times we see this in society, when you're a part of a group, you simply lose your individuality, your individual mentality, your individual thought, and you think as a culture, you think as a group. So whoever the head group, head of the group is, maybe he starts wearing baseball caps, and then one guy wears a baseball cap, and then the other guy wears a baseball cap. So now you're all wearing baseball caps, and then you even understand why. Um, we see this a lot of times in society and different things like, uh, how phones are marketed, maybe, um, face unlock became a really big thing, no one really knows why, I know that's not really a very in-depth and compatible comparison, but, I mean, you see it a lot of times in social media, maybe you're, maybe you got all your old high school buddies on Facebook or something like that, and you start seeing whatever they're posting on there, and you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense, or maybe you don't even think it makes sense, but you see so many people posting it, and now all of a sudden you're posting things like that. You're agreeing with it. You're commenting on it. And you don't really know why. Um, but it's all conformity. You know, you're being fed by so many people that you find yourself to be friends with, compatible with, peers with. And you lose your individual thought. And uh, that's pretty common. Um, same in the example in New York City. Someone dies. If no one does anything, you don't really think any different of it because no one else did anything so why should you be the one who has to do anything um but then there's uh there's two other things that go along with these uh the bystander effect and uh psychology of a group that are a little more in depth and a little more um i don't even really want to say above my pay grade i guess um so let me go ahead and pull up these two things on my laptop here. So I don't really know which one to get into first, but um, I think the larger, more widely defined uh, one that I guess could kind of be the umbrella over the smaller one is uh, hegemony. 
Uh, hegemony, according to Britannica, is uh, defined as the dominance of one group over another, often supported by legitimizing norms and ideas. Uh, it also says in here, the term hegemony is often today used as a shorthand to describe the relatively relatively dominant position of a particular set of ideas and their associated tendency to become commonsensical and intuitive, thereby inhibiting the dissemination or even the articulation of our... I don't know why they wrote it like that. Jeez Louise. So basically, it's saying that in today's day and age, it's usually used to define one set of ideals that is more dominant over any other opposing ideas. I'm sure you guys got that, but I just need to define it for myself because that was a lot of big words. Um, so, I don't know how you're supposed to say his name. I say Grimsky. I've been told Gramsky. I've been told a couple other things. Correct me in the comments if you want or whatever. I don't really care. But um, if you want to do any kind of social psychology study or sociology study... I recommend trying to find a translated copy of his uh, prison notebooks. Um, so, as far as I recall uh, from the couple videos and articles that I read, Gramsci, Grimsky, however you want to say it. I'm going to say Gramsci because I think I was wrong the first time. <laughs> um, Gramsci was in, in, I think it was an Italian prison. Um, during World War II, when Italy fell to fascism, um, and he was able to, he had a little, as it's told in the video, I remember, he had a little window in his prison cell and he was able to look outside and he saw, you know, all these pictures of Mussolini and all these, you know, uh, different things that were being advertised in these flags that he saw and he was like this is not the Italy I know you know there's supposed to be these people of love and compassion and care how do people like this fall to fascism how can these open-minded progressive people fall to these terrible ideals that come along with fascism and I don't I don't know that he himself came up with the idea. I'm pretty sure he did. But he came up, yeah, he came up with the idea of hegemony. And basically what it is, is one very small group can convince a much larger group that whatever they believe is true, is true. Um, basically saying that, you know... For example, in America, the 1%, you know, all the billionaires and everything, they can control the 325 more million people simply because of their power. And they can do this by creating this set of ideals, creating this society that it supports these ideals, and creating a media and a mentality in society that continuously perpetuates and pounds these ideals into your head without you ever being able to question it. Um, he himself was a big 
Karl Marx fan, as everyone should be. Um, and he used class rule and the idea of class struggle to further his ideals of hegemony. And he was able to come up with this theory that, like I said, these small, almost non-existent groups of people can control this massive group, just in comparison, you know, a hundred times larger, with all behind the scenes without ever actually really pulling a lever or pushing a button. I mean, realistically, who at this point in America actually questions spending $900 on an iPhone? Who questions it? I mean, I literally don't have the money to buy the new iPhone, and I own it. Like, I went down and bought it, like, and I didn't even think about it because we are in this society that tells us that we need to have it. We need to spend $900 on the iPhone. We need to spend $60 on a t-shirt with a Nike swoosh on it. We need to buy the new pair of Adidas, you know. We need to buy a Corvette and a pair of Oakley sunglasses and get frosted tips and be Guy Fieri. I mean, who doesn't want this? And that's just what society's telling us, guys. So, uh, I mean, are they wrong, really? Um, the answer is yes. That's a joke. I don't know if my delivery was that good. Uh, <laughs> um, so, along with hegemony... There's a bunch of, um, I wouldn't really call them subcultures of ideals and ideas, um, but I guess there's like branched off theories, one of which that I, one of the ones that I know the most about um, and have the, done the most study on is uh, what's called field theory. So basically in layman's terms, Field theory is like how people construct their own fields um, and how those fields affect them. And uh, Wikipedia, you know, mega trusted source, uh, says that social fields, so what people create and are affected by, are environments in which competition between individuals and between groups take place, such as markets, academic disciplines, music genres, genres, etc. But this isn't really how I learned about it. This is just the first definition that popped up on Google. But basically for me, the way I learned it is we all have so many different fields. So maybe one field is like you alone at the grocery store. And then another field is like you at soccer, soccer practice. And then another field is like you with your girlfriend on a Friday night date. And all these different fields, there's these different yous, um, also known as social actors. Um, so basically, like, different versions of you, different uh, forms of you that if there were alternate universes where all these different yous existed, if they all came to one and met each other, none of them would be the same, um, for example, you don't act the same in front of your mom, or maybe you do, I don't know. I don't act the same in front of my mom as I do in front of my girlfriend. I don't act the same in front of my girlfriend as I do in front of, I don't know, my college professor. You know, I don't act the same with my college professor as I do at home. These are all different fields, and these are all different social actors. Um, so this all ties together 
and I'm sorry, but this is going to be a little shorter of an episode. Um, this all ties together into this idea and this social experiment, really, which is the philosophy of you. Um, do you as a person exist? So basically, so I'm basically there's you, right? You with all your ideals, your beliefs, your athleisure, your iPhone, your pumpkin spice Dunkin' Donuts, extra large hot coffee, your business management textbook, um, all these different things about you that you normally and people around you would normally perceive as your personality. Now, what I want you to do is strip away all these things about you. Strip away the Hollister decal off your shirt. Strip away your blue hair. Strip away your nose piercing. Strip away your communist manifesto. Strip away your Nikes. Strip away your skateboards. Strip away your religious beliefs. Strip away your sexual identity. Is there such thing as you outside of your beliefs and the brands that you, I guess, perpetuate? For example, if you stripped yourself of every logo, every title, and every belief, I'll use that word again, do you recognize yourself? Does Josh Finn exist? If you can say yes, that could be good. I mean, it's good to have a personality outside of just likes and dislikes. But realistically, what is a personality outside of likes and dislikes? I mean, my personality is, I'd say, funny, outgoing, um, moderately adventurous, you know, But I mean, in order to be funny, you have to have humor. And humor is all what you find funny. So your beliefs. Um, Outgoing is social. Social involves brands. It involves beliefs. It involves ideals. It involves a lot of, you know, socially captivating and social norms that can't really be stripped out of society as we know it today. So then, for me, example, I can't say that I exist outside of my likes and dislikes, outside of my fields. So then that begs the question, do I exist? Or am I simply just another cog? Am I another being, another capitalistic person? You know, am I just simply a number? Am I simply a pawn? Am I just something that exists in order to consume media, purchase items, you know, be exploited, follow a religion or political belief that really ultimately serves me no purpose? Or am I actually a person? Am I actually Josh Finn? Do I actually exist? And realistically, I don't know if I can answer that question because in a society as we know it today, 
so much of society is made up by these things like brands, beliefs, political ideologies, fields, and most certainly hegemony. They all exist in the society as we know it. And until these things don't exist, I don't think I do. Thank you for listening to the pod. As always, it has been your boy, a.k.a. Annoying Question Boy. If you like this pod, go ahead and give it a share. Go ahead and put it on your Finsta. Go ahead and make me a TikTok famous boy. Make me a boy. Make me a famous boy. Make me a TikTok boy. Um, Also, if you like this pod, go ahead and uh, follow my blog or read my blog I guess that's at uncommoncommonality.blogspot.com go ahead and find me on Facebook and send me funny memes and insult me to my face Uh, and yeah that's it Uh, peace out dudes and dudettes and also non-binary dudes and dudettes and also transgender dudes and dudettes and whatever you identify as dudes and dudettes y'all eat